This morning's scripture reading will be from the book of John. Be reading from the 19th chapter, verses 25 through 27. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Cleophas and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple standing by whom he loved, he saith unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Then saith he to the disciple, Behold thy mother. And from that hour that disciple took her unto his own home. Good morning, church. Good morning. It is good to see you here, especially if you are visiting for this special day. And we thank you for coming and being a part of our worship. This is a good church. And we are thankful that you are here to come together and worship the audience of God. If you're here this morning and you're hurting, we've been led in some songs that talk about we can make it through life, like Paul said, because He lives. And whatever your pain is, we want you to know God cares. And we care. God cares so much that He sent His Son into this world not only to die and be our sacrifice, but to know what it's like to be human flesh. So He can understand what it's like to walk in your shoes. So we are indeed thankful that you are here today. Happy Mother's Day. If you are a mother, we are honored that you are here so that we can honor you because we appreciate all that you have done. Thank you for blessing us with your presence. And that's what we want to talk about this morning as mothers. I want to share with you a few illustrations from some children about mothers. Eight-year-old Mary wrote her mother a note for Mother's Day. Dear Mother, here is the box of candy I bought for you for Mother's Day. It is very good candy. I know because I already had three pieces. Eight-year-old Carol also wrote her mother and said, Dear Mother, here are two aspirins. Have a happy Mother's Day. Six-year-old Johnny and his four-year-old sister Susie presented their mom with a Mother's Day present, a small, spinely houseplant. While it wasn't the finest-looking specimen, they had bought it with their own money, and Mom was thrilled. She hugged and kissed her children and told them she loved them for thinking of her. Johnny said, There were some other flowers we wanted to buy for you, Mom, but we didn't have enough money. Yeah, said Sister Susie. They had a real nice bunch of flowers at the shop that we were going to buy. But I love this plant, said the happy mother. I know, Mom, said Johnny, but these flowers would have been perfect for you. They were in a wreath and they had a ribbon that said on it, Rest in peace. (laughs) 
And you're always asking for a little peace so you can rest. We are indeed thankful for our mothers. But can you imagine the mother of Jesus? How she must have felt when she was there before the cross and she witnessed her son going through all that pain and suffering. Can you imagine how she must have felt? And while He was hanging there on the cross, Jesus turns to John, the disciple He loved, and He said, Woman, behold your mother. Here is your mother now. Take care of her. And He looked at His mother and He said, Let Him take my place as your son. And I believe as the Bible says, that John took care of Mary. While Jesus had on His shoulders the weight of the sins of the world, He saw the importance to take care of His mother before He was gone. And so today we honor you mothers. And I would like for us to think about five ways briefly that we need to do our best to love our mothers. In the first place, we need to love her verbally. You know, there are some men that have the idea, their philosophy is, I told you I loved you once, you should know, and if I change my mind, I will tell you. Some might say, well, I choose to show my love instead of saying it, and that may be true, but you see, a mother, a spouse, a woman, she needs to hear those words. I love you. Children need to hear it. Spouses need to hear it. I came across this dear Abby I want to share with you. I enlisted shortly after Pearl Harbor. 36 days later, I was on my way to the Philippines. En route, the Philippines fell to the Japanese, and we were routed to Australia. Eleven days after we landed, I met the most beautiful girl in the world. On our first date, I told her I was going to marry her, and I did, 18 months later, while on a 10-day R&R leave from New Guinea. After more than 57 years of marriage and two children, my beloved Mary died five days before Christmas. Although we agreed that our ashes were to be scattered over the mountains, I found I could not part with hers. While Mary was alive, she would frequently say, You don't know how much I love you. I'd reply, Likewise. I never said, I love you. Now her ashes are on my dresser where I tell her several times a day how much I love her, but it's too late. Although I wrote poetry to her, I could not bring myself to say the three words I knew she wanted most to hear. As my dearest was dying, we thought she was comatose. I told her, there aren't enough words to tell you how much I love you. A few hours later, she whispered, not enough words and she passed the reason I am writing is to urge men to express their feelings while their loved ones are alive I don't know why but many men are reluctant to express the depth of their feelings signed Missing Mary 
in Colorado. Our spouses need to hear it. Our children need to hear it. And you know, our mothers need to hear it as well. You know our words are powerful, aren't they? James chapter 3, James, the writer there, talks about the power of the tongue. Though it is small, it carries a lot of power. And in chapter 3 and verse 5, he says, Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. Our words can be the difference between encouragement or discouragement. We need to love our mothers today verbally. We need to express it to them, not only today, but each and every day. And in the second place, we need to love her physically. When is the last time you gave her a kiss? When is the last time you gave her a hug without her asking for it? Or a neck rub? Or just sat down on the couch with her and held her for a change? There is something special about a simple touch of love. And I want to notice two passages of Scripture quickly. In a simple touch from Jesus and the power in that touch. Now I realize, I realize that Jesus is the Son of God and He has the power of God. But I want you to notice the power in a simple touch. In Matthew chapter 8, beginning in verse 2, And behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And this is what Jesus did and said. Then Jesus put out his hand and he touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately, the leprosy was cleansed. The power of touch. In Mark chapter 5, you remember this is where the lady who had the disease and the flow of blood... And Jesus is there in the multitude, crowded by the multitude. And this was her attitude about a touch of Jesus. Verse 27 of Mark 5, When she heard about Jesus, she came to Him, came behind Him in the crowd, and touched His garment. For she said, If only I may touch His clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. The power of a touch. Remember, our mothers were the first ones to touch us. When we were born, her first priority was to hold us, to rub our head, to cuddle us, to bring our cheek close to her. When you were little, she would say, say give me sugar. And she would allow us to give her a kiss, a big, wet, sloppy kiss, and after that she would say, thank you. She changed many diapers. Potty trained you. Held a Kleenex to your nose so that you can blow your nose. She wiped food off your face. Maybe even longer than she needed to. She constantly touched you. 
And she may have handed you off to another and her life may endure some big changes, but she deserves both your touch and should never have to give that up completely. We need to love our mothers verbally and we need to love our mothers physically. And in the third place, we also need to love our mothers patiently. Mothers have an incredible job with not much pay. No position in the business world compares to the physical, emotional, and spiritual commitment she has in motherhood. I came across this poem about mothers, and the title is No Occupation. She rises up at break of day, and through her task she races. She cooks the meals as best she may, and scrubs the children's faces. While school books, lunches, ribbons too, all need consideration. And yet the census man insists she has no occupation. When breakfast dishes all are done, she bakes a pudding, maybe. She cleans the room up one by one. With one eye watching baby, the mending pile she then attacks by way of variation. And yet the census man insists... She has no occupation. She irons for a little while when, and then presses pants for daddy. She welcomes with a cheery smile, returning lasses and laddie. A hearty dinner next she cooks, no time for relaxation. And yet, the census man insists she has no occupation. Let's not ever make the mistake of asking a lady, do you work? Or do you stay at home? You see, the point is, in spite of all she does for us, we often become impatient with her. We get so used to our mothers taking care of things. And when things do not go our way, or things are not done our way, we express our impatience with her. You've often heard the expression, patience is a virtue. And you know God saw fit through inspiration in the writer Paul in the book of Galatians chapter 5 to place the term and the idea of patience right in the middle of the fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 12, the Bible says, Therefore as God's chosen people... Now that's interesting... As God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, with kindness, with humility, with gentleness, and patience. And that includes patience with mother. For years, she has been patient with us. We need to love her patiently. And then we need to love her gratefully. An elementary science class had been studying magnets one year and how metal objects are attracted to them. And at the end of the semester, the teacher put this question on an exam. Six letters. Starts with M. Picks up things. What am I? Do you know that over half the class wrote mother? It would be impossible to number all the meals, the diaper changes, the hours, setting up, losing sleep, rocking, 
room cleanings, baths, launderings that she has done. You see, the bottom line is we owe her greatly. She needs a sincere thank you, not just today, but each and every day and when is least expected. You know, it's one thing to give for giving's sake, but it's another thing to give from a thankful heart. Paul, writing to the church at Philippi, he said, I thank my God every time I remember you. To the church at Corinth, in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 7, he says, Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And mothers love thankfulness, gratitude that's given cheerfully. We should love our mothers with all the gratitude that we have. And then finally, one of the most important ones, we should love her honorably. Do you realize in Exodus chapter 20, right in the middle of the Ten Commandments, God placed this, honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is given you. Paul saw fit through inspiration to repeat that in Ephesians chapter 6. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. So how do we do that? You see, we honor our mothers with our lives. We honor our mothers with our life. Which causes us to ask the question then, how am I living? How am I living? Am I living in such a way that mom, whether she is here on this earth or not, would be able to stand with pride knowing that your life is lived in a way to honor her. For you see, when we live in such a way to honor mom, we also live in such a way that honors God. I want to close with this fictitious story that I came across and it's entitled When God Created Mothers. When the good Lord created mothers, He was into His sixth day of overtime. When an angel appeared and said, You're doing a lot of fiddling around with this one. The Lord replied, Have you seen the specs on this order? She has to be completely washable, but not plastic. Have 180 movable parts, all replaceable. Run on black coffee and leftovers. Have a lap that disappears when she stands up. A kiss that can cure anything from a broken leg to a disappointing love affair. And six pair of hands. The angel shook his head slowly and said, Six pairs of hands? No way! It's not the hands that are causing me problems, said the Lord. It's the three pair of eyes that mothers have to have. 
One pair that sees through closed doors when she asks, what are you kids doing in there? When she already knows. Another in the back of her head that sees what she shouldn't, but what she needs to know. And of course, the ones in front that look at a child when he goofs up and, and says, I understand and I love you. Without so much of uttering a word, I am so close to creating something so close to myself. Already I have one who heals herself when she is sick, can feed a family of six on one pound of hamburger meat, and can get a nine-year-old to stand under a shower. Not only can she think, she can reason and compromise. Finally, the angel bent over and ran his finger across the cheek of the mother, there is a leak, he pronounced. I told you that you were trying to put too much in this model. That's not a leak, said the Lord. It's a tear. What is it for? asked the angel. The Lord replied, It's for joy, sadness, disappointment, pain, loneliness, and pride. You're a genius shouted the angel. With a somber look on his face, the Lord said, I didn't put it there. Today, we honor a special group of people. Women. Mothers. And we should love her verbally, physically, patiently, with gratefulness, and living a life of honor. Today, are you living that kind of life? I know we haven't necessarily preached the gospel, but we've alluded to it at the beginning that Jesus Christ came to this earth to know what it's like to be human, to hurt, to be saddened, to be in pain. And He went to that cross and He died for you and for me. And John 3.16 reminds us for the world. For the forgiveness of sins. Why? He rose from that grave. Why? So that one day, you and I, through faith and obedience, can be there in our heavenly home. But the Bible teaches us that we must accept that gift of Jesus through humble faith and obedience. All through the book of Acts we read of how people came to Jesus and they confessed their sins. They repented of those sins. They confessed the great name of Jesus Christ as Savior. And the Bible says they went down in the watery grave of baptism to die to their old self, to rise in newness of life. To live a life of honor to God and a life of honor to mother. If you've not done that, will you honor your mother today and honor God by being added to the church, by being buried with Christ in baptism? Maybe you've done that. And maybe it is for whatever reason. Oh, some heavy things have been brought in your life. And you've sought refuge elsewhere. But today you are here. Will you honor your mother by coming back to your first love? 
and as well honor God. Do you have a need to respond to His invitation? If you do, it's our prayer that you will do so and let us assist you any way we can as together we stand and sing.